11 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. Wow, that was fast. 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. Good morning, America. 3 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's 1974. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Among other things, happy Monday. Oh, it's a Monday like a never Monday before. Yeah, and it's hot too. It was nice today. Not bad. But suddenly tonight, I don't know, it, it got humid and hot. and yeah. So we've been suffering through that for the last however long. Uh, coming up tonight, dancing could get you assaulted. Literally assaulted. Might even turn into a battery, you know, assault battery. Um, we'll have that for you. We've got other uh, weird and wonderful, wacky, strange stories for you, which is what we do on this show. We share that, uh, all the different odd things that I find that I think you might find interesting. And uh, welcome in to all of our viewers on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble. Com. Yes, we are also live on Rumble.com. Thank you, Rumble. And to our podcast listeners who are listening to this after the fact, it's the audio part of our live video stream, which goes on three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. And uh, you can download our podcast, subscribe to uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7 in India. Got a big audience in India. Thank you. And matter of fact, got a very interesting story from India tonight. Having to do with aliens? Could be. We'll talk about that coming up too. Thank you for all of those who have uh, signed up and subscribed or followed our podcast on your podcast uh, platforms. We're almost at 900 in our goal to hit 1,000. We got to do it. Got to do it. So please, humbly, I ask, go to your podcast supplier, whoever that is, search for I'm Not Wearing Pants or Jay Sheldon. Look for that logo right there and just click follow or subscribe. That's it. It's done. It's free. Thank you. Thank you so much for the hundreds of you who have done that so far. Really appreciate it. All right. As usual, it's time... Miko update. Mickey, Mickey, Miko update. And she's shedding. <laughs> she's doing great. She's fine. She goes for a couple of walks every day, uh, eating like a house fire. But she started her shedding season. And my house, once again, looks like the Arctic. There is hair everywhere. I gave her just a quick brush, and this this here, this picture, is just the beginning of, there she is in the background looking up at me like, yeah, so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> but yeah, it, this is actually deceptive. That pile of fur is bigger than my hand, uh, and that was just the first brush through. There was three times that amount by the time I got done, so yeah, it's... It's Arctic weather season here at the uh, Istana Sheldon. <laughs> oh, man. What a nightmare. All right. Hey, before I get into the uh, topic of the night, 
Uh, this just popped up. I didn't get a chance to include it in the show notes. Once again, <laughs> our friends at World of Buzz, we've got a lot of stuff from them tonight because they have the coolest website with all kinds of cool stories. Uh, but <laughs> I gave this one the Darwin Award for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> this just popped up a few hours ago. I didn't get a chance to include it in the show notes, but you got to check this idiot out. <sighs> this driver of this car thought it would be fun to install one of those quick-release steering wheels. You know, you just hit the button and the steering wheel pops up, pops off. Well, while he's driving, this moron decides to hit the quick-release. And this happens. Check out the video. If you're listening on the podcast, just check out World of Buzz. You'll see it there. He releases the steering wheel. He can't get it back on. His friend on the passenger side. And there, crash. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> As you can see, I gave it the honorary Darwin Award. <laughs> If you don't know what that is, look it up. You'll 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 figure it out. It's just unbelievable. Who releases their steering wheel when they're driving the car? Good you crashed. You deserve nothing less. All right. Speaking of stupid people, here we go again, folks. Uh, again, world of buzz. The link to this article is in our show notes. So by all means, check it out. Read the whole article. But uh, once again, it's one of those head-shaking, come on, seriously? Malaysians believe TikTok dancing at night market to be deserving of being splashed with hot oil. No, I'm not kidding. This is a true story can splash them with water or hot oil. Only then will they use their brains. Well, it's understandable that TikTok, TikTok trends have caused problems in the past. Uh, you remember the disgusting ice cream licking thing that went viral? But what is really scary is the genuine hatred and anger that Malaysians have displayed towards TikTokers and their antics. I don't use TikTok. I refuse to put it on my phone. I refuse to sign up for an account. I think it's, if, if you truly read the TNC before you sign up, trust me, you'll think the same. Read it. Read what they have a right to do to your account. You will be very afraid, which is one of the reasons I, I mean, it's not that different from like a YouTube or Rumble, well, not Rumble, Rumble's different, but Facebook, YouTube. Anyway, trust me, please, I can't encourage you enough. Read the TNC before you click agree to TikTok and then get off of TikTok. Anyway, there's a group of four girls caught on camera doing a TikTok dance routine in the middle of what looks like a Ramadan bazaar or a night market. It was, however, not a Ramadan bazaar. 
Due to many believing their attire and dance moves were too provocative for vendors and visitors at the night market, netizens have suggested that hot oil should be poured on the girls. This is a still image from the uh, TikTok video. They wrote, should splash them with oil. According to Bro Bongkar YouTube page, the video believed to have been taken in Malaysia back in 2020, where the girls can be seen doing the Takata challenge, which requires TikTokers to catwalk in heels. As the video is once again going viral, netizens have agreed the girls should have been splashed with oil. Wouldn't it be nice, these are quotes from some of the morons who wrote this on the, their reactions, wouldn't it be nice if I'm there when they were dancing and splash them with water or hot oil? Only then will they use their brains. Another one, if this was my area, I would have already been splashed, uh, splashed them with cooking oil. Dancing at a bazaar, the future is bright with free oil baths and free backlash. Now, the article goes on from World of Buzz. Considering the anger stems from the fact that people believed it was during the holy month of Ramadan, in front of devotees who are fasting. Some have taken the initiative to debunk the theory. Uh, before getting excited with threats, investigate first. It is not a Ramadan bazaar. I hope all of you who can't wait to turn this issue into one of religious sensitivity, don't slander as you please. Yes, this culture, if it happens in Malaysia, it's not suitable in my opinion, but not to the point where they should be condemned beaten and splashed with water or hot oil. That is right on the edge of technically being an assault. I mean, you could be charged with assault. You don't have to actually do something to be charged with assault. If you actually go through with it, that's battery. But if you threaten and you have the means and ability to follow through with your threat, that's legally an assault. It's a little more technical than that, but that's the Assault 101 of it. Frankly, I think they ought to track some of these morons down and charge a few of them, and then maybe you'll investigate things a little further before you open your fat mouth and make an idiot out of yourself. Anyway, resorting to violence, never the answer, and these are the kind of bullcrap things that... Uh, wind up getting posted online. The video is there if you want to check it out. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's World of Buzz. And uh, once again, Malaysians showing some Malaysians, not all. Thankfully, not a big percentage, but enough that it makes the news showing what an idiot you are. All right. We promised our Indian audience something exciting, and we have that. This is so cool. I love UFO stories. I share them when I can find them. There's a ton out there. They show up on my timeline all the time because, you know, cookies. But <laughs> this one came up from India, and I thought, cool, we have such a great Indian audience on our podcast anyway, that uh, I would share this out. And the link is in our show notes, which is our description down below in the podcast. A mysterious ancient laser-cut cave has been found in India. Look at this. How cool is that? Check out the article on the link in our show notes. 
and you'll actually see a picture of what we're talking about. Uh, Kailash, a magnificent, absolutely unexplained old temple, was recently covered by AlienHistory.net. It rests quietly inside India, the temple sculpted with such care from solid rock. And even today, we would struggle to match the accuracy and precision with which this thing was created, clearly demonstrating old, complex technology that has almost definitely been lost over the millennia. It represents it's possible that this temple is proof of an ancient, far superior tribe, uh, a vestige of considerably more sophisticated society than many current areas of study will allow us to openly explore, Another pair of rock-cut features found in India's Barabar and Nagarjuna Hills. I'm sorry, I'm probably badly mispronouncing these names. In the Jahanabad area, six clumsily carved caverns engraved into large stones that litter the surrounding slopes. Uh, if you check out, uh, here we go, there's a video and uh, again, we're going to mute that, but um, it's from a group called Ancient History, and it talks about this amazing temple here, which was carved out of one piece of solid rock. Absolutely amazing. Look at that. Look at the interior. And all of that having been carved into the ground out of a piece of solid rock. These pictures are amazing. Uh, again, if you're listening on the podcast, sorry, guys, but check out the video. The link is in our show notes. And, of course, there's all kinds of alien. Was it done by them? Because even today we would have a difficult time, if at all, to be able to, to do this kind of work. But it is, uh, here we go, the Barabar Hills. Insane. Look at that. Carved, look, carved out of that giant rock. And look at the precision of those cuts. It is absolutely amazing. Look at that. Perfect lines. Not obviously chipped away. And that's why, in fact, the article mentioned something about is it possible it was cut with laser. Look at that. Another one. Giant rock and unbelievable carvings. Check that out. That is crazy. It is a very cool article. I encourage you to check it out on uh, alienhistory.net. I know there's some freaky stuff on that site, but this is this is interesting. It's fascinating. And uh, who knows? India, you may hold the key to our ancient past. <laughs> Imagine that. All right. What else we got coming up here? Oh, <laughs> Ah, we've talked about this before on the show. Not this specific thing. Sorry, coffee break time. By the way, twitch.tv, you can check out. There's a link, top link on our show notes, our description, to Miko Merchandise, which is our show merchandise, which has Miko on it. Hats, T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, notepads, mouse pads, coffee cups. <laughs> if you'd like to purchase something, just check out that very first link on our show notes down below, and uh, it'll take you right to Miko Merchandise. All right, how much does a copy license cost? 
This is from 2021. It's on uh, Chili Sauce. We love those folks over at Chili Sauce. They are a crazy group of people. Some are personal friends. But uh, Chili Sauce does a great job over there. Check them out. Um, they did this article back in 2021, but it still applies today. In fact, it was December, so just a few months ago. We have in this country what is called a copy license. It's, again, one of those things that you're not supposed to talk about, but everybody knows about it, so, of course, I'm going to talk about it. Basically, according to the Road Transportation Department, which is called JPJ here, Getting a license in Malaysia is simple and easy. All you need to do is register yourself with a driving school, go to the theory examination, complete a minimum of 16 hours of driving lessons, and lastly, complete the JPJ practical driving test. But one step you won't find anywhere listed on their official JPJ site is paying under the table to guarantee a pass. <gasps> Did I say that? Of course, you're not going to find any instructor that uh, instructions for doing that. Duh. <laughs> but when it comes to what is commonly known as copy o license, copy, which is the Malaysian word for coffee, uh, you know, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Here's $100 for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, copy license. You definitely know someone who has one. Maybe it's you. Common knowledge that uh, coffee money thing happens. But after this intern's experience, one of the chili sauce interns, uh, she apparently tried to get her coffee license. Uh, in getting her license, talking to some people who recently got their licenses, uh, it seems... The more appropriate word is institutionalized. Yeah. Uh, from what we found in various forums, it seems the general perception is that JPJ officers might be unfair or inconsistent in their evaluations. Uh, there's a blog there. You can check on the link. If you're lucky enough and you meet an examiner who's in a good mood, then he might excuse some small mistakes. But some candidates also claim that they've been asked to stop driving and that they've failed the test and no valid reason was given. They just say, nope, stop, you fail. Anyway, this goes on and on and talks about this intern's experience. Uh, Gia Earn, competent enough with her driving skills, went through the legit route, failing five times. She gave in and paid the money. And guess what? She passed. Miracle of miracles. <laughs> oh, man. Check it out. Apparently, they paid 150 ringgit, which was probably a better option than going through the whole process again. So, uh, yeah, the, the rest of the story is all there in our show notes tonight from chilisauce.my. Check it out and uh, read up on... How you, too, can get a quick and easy driving license in Malaysia. Mm. If you don't want to drive, maybe you'd like to take the train. Maybe you shouldn't. You take your life in your hands. Again, it's from the good folks at World of Buzz. Thank you, World of Buzz. Links in our show notes. I encourage you to check out the article. A train conductor 
advises parents to teach their kids not to throw rocks at trains. Do we really need to tell you parents this? What are you teaching your kids? How are you raising the little brats? Anyway, this is a really weird and discouraging article. Throwing rocks at trains apparently has been a problem in countries including the U.S. and New Zealand. Passengers, train crew have actually been injured by large rocks thrown through windows. So not a shocker, it is happening here in Malaysia too. Uh, TikToker, again TikTok, uh, train conductor, Redzwan Mana F87 is his TikTok handle apparently, said, why are train windows and doors damaged? And there's a picture here of, oh wow, a window on a train which has completely been shattered. Uh, identifying himself as Pak Su, he begins his rant asking the help of the public to stop vandalizing trains. He's asking for your help to advise your children and your neighbors, stop throwing stones at the trains. They experience it, he says, every day. Every day these little morons are out there whipping rocks at trains. What is the matter with you? Please have pity, he says, for the people riding the train and for all of us. These trains do not belong to me, but a service that belongs to all of us. Adding the windows now need to be replaced. Netizens commented on the video, urging members of the public to be more mindful of their actions. Yeah, in other words, just knock it the hell off. What is the matter with you? What are you, stupid? More than 15,000 likes. I hope the message will uh, get across. Unbelievable. All right, that's about, that's a, but seriously, that is, that's a legit problem. And apparently not just in Malaysia, in the U.S., in New Zealand in particular. I assume almost anywhere they have trains. Hopefully not Japan. And I would think that if you were able to hit the bullet train, you'd have to have a really good kind of base, you know, baseball pitching arm. Anyway, stop doing that. It's stupid. And parents, tell your kids that if you catch them, you know, they're grounded for life. This is insane. Not to mention, seriously, rock goes through a window can seriously injure somebody. Why do we have to do these stories? All right. <laughs> We're going to wrap up before we get to our book tonight, uh, Tom Sawyer, uh, with, a, with a weird one. Kind of funny, but weird. Uh, we have what are called mamat restaurants in this country, in Malaysia. I don't know if they exist as mamak restaurants. Uh, basically what they are is they are run by Indians who are Muslim. That is the way mamak has always been explained to me. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. But uh, a mamak is someone of Indian heritage who has either been born into or converted to Islam. And they're known as mamaks. And a lot of restaurants, corner restaurants, some are open 24 hours, uh, it's a just a good place for some really cheap, gut-filling food. <laughs> this article, again, World of Buzz. Man, I'm telling you, World of Buzz. We owe you big time. Thank you. Um, 
Check out the link. It's in our show notes. This Mamak restaurant offers Tom Yum Coke. Look. And water with cheese. Yeah, there's actually a picture. This is Tom Yum Coke here. This is Coca-Cola in a glass with, I don't know, looks like lime leaf and chilies and all all the kind of stuff you'd find in Tom Yum. And how about a glass of water with cheese on top? There's almost nothing a mama can't do, says the article. If you're a fan as well as crazy mamak dishes, then you've probably seen the name Restaurant Alif somewhere on the internet. The restaurant previously went viral for its dish Roti Chennai KLCC, as well as a candlelight dinner for a couple. Uh, Only a week ago, Restaurant Alif wowed the internet again by fulfilling a customer's order of 10 packets of Indomie. (coughs) Oh, man. Other than the mentioned dishes, they also offer rather questionable drinks, like Tom Yum Coke, which we showed you the picture of, and Ayer Cheese. Ayer is basically water. I know it looks like it's spelled like air, A-I-R, pronounced Ayer, and it's the Malay word for water. But water cheese. This really is a glass of water with a piece of cheese on top and the straw stuck through the middle of it. Their post on Facebook got a lot of Malaysians talking, especially many joking, saying they wanted to call the police, uh, and that the picture itself was already hurtful. So there you go. There is Tom, tom Yum Coke. That's so gross. You know, in some cases, I think, okay, maybe that is a weird combination, but, you know, for example, I told you before, I love peanut butter and potato chip sandwiches. It's one of those poor people foods that I ate a long time ago. Take a couple of pieces of white bread, you put peanut butter on it, and then you put whatever your favorite potato chip is, and you crush it down. Try it. I'm not kidding. It's a really good sandwich. I know, weird, but it's better than Tom Yum Coke, all right? There you go. And there is the Ayer cheese, which is basically a glass of water with a slice of cheese on top. And you wonder why we have a weight problem here in Malaysia. (laughs) Man, I'm telling you. (laughs) All right. I got to get me some Tom Yum Coke. Hang on. Mmm. Tasty. It is time for the Gutenberg Project. Gutenberg.org is the, uh, the, the website where you can go and find all these books that we read. They're classic books from the Iliad and the Odyssey, uh, Moby Dick, all the books that we've read here on the show from almost the very beginning. We've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, uh, you name it. We've read a ton of books. And we are right now in the middle of Tom, well, not in the middle. We're almost at the end of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. Uh, Was one of the first novels ever to be written fully on a typewriter, which is a cool little piece of trivia. We've got 
two more chapters to go. We'll finish one tonight, and then on Wednesday we will wrap up The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. I mention that because beginning Saturday night, our next book, I have been dying to read, but it wasn't in the public domain. It now is. Thank you, Gail, for the heads up. (laughs) It's Winnie the Pooh. And yes, we're going to do Winnie the Pooh starting on Saturday night. Do not miss it. My favorite book to read of all. And we'll begin that once we're done with Mark Twain's The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, which we are going to do right now. It's uh, chapter what tonight? Chapter, where is my link? Where's my link? All right, chapter 34. And as you know, when we left this off on our last stream, uh, (coughs) excuse me, apparently Huck and Tom were invited over to some sort of reception and given a fresh set of brand new clothes to wear, got cleaned up, but had no idea what was going on. We'll find out in our next chapter now. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. Huck said, Tom, we can slope if we can find a rope. That window ain't high from the ground. Shucks, what do you want to slope for? Well, I ain't used to that kind of crowd. I can't stand it. I ain't going down there, Tom. Oh, bother, it ain't nothing. I don't mind a bit. I'll take care of you. Sid appeared. Tom, he said, Auntie's been waiting for you all the afternoon. Mary got your Sunday clothes ready and everybody's been fretting about you. Say, ain't this grease and clay on your clothes? Now, Mr. City, you just tend to your own business and what's all this blowout about anyway? It's one of the widow's parties and she's always having. This time, it's for the Welshman and his sons, on account of that scrap they helped her out of the other night. And say, I can tell you something if you want to know. Well, what? Why, old Mr. Jones is going to try to spring something on the people here tonight. But I overheard him tell Auntie today about it as a secret. But I reckon it's not much of a secret now. Everybody knows. The widow, too, for all she tries to let on, she don't. Mr. Jones was bound Huck should be here. Couldn't get along with his grand secret without Huck, you know. Secret about what, Sid? About Huck trading the tracking the robbers to the widows. I reckon Mr. Jones was going to make a grand time over his surprise, but I'll bet you it'll drop pretty flat. Sid chuckled in a very contented and satisfied way. Sid, was it you who told? Oh, never mind who it was. Somebody told. That's enough. Sid, there's only one person in this town mean enough to do that, and that's you. If you had been in Huck's place, you'd have sneaked down the hill and never told anybody on the robbers can't do any but mean things, and you can't bear to see anybody praised for doing good ones. There, no thanks, as the widow says. 
and Tom cuffed Sid's ears and helped him to the door with several kicks. Now go and tell Auntie if you dare, and tomorrow you'll catch it. Some minutes later, the widow's guests were at the supper table, and a dozen children were propped up at a little side table in the same room. After the fashion of that country in that day, at the proper time, Mr. Jones made his little speech, in which he thanked the widow for the honor she was doing himself and his sons, but said there was another person whose modesty, and so forth and so on. He sprung his secret about Huck's share in the adventure in the finest dramatic manner he was master of. But the surprise it occasioned was largely counterfeit, not as clamorous and effusive as it might have been under happier circumstances. However, the widow made a pretty fair show of astonishment. Heaped so much compliments and so many gratitudes upon Huck, he almost forgot the nearly intolerable discomfort of his new clothes and the entirely intolerable discomfort of being set up as a target for everybody's gaze and everybody's laudations. The widow said she meant to give Huck a home under her roof and have him educated, and that when she could spare the money, she would start him in business in a modest way. Tom's chance was come. He said, Huck don't need it. Huck's rich. Nothing but a heavy strain upon the good manners of the company kept back the due and proper complimentary laugh at this pleasant joke. But the silence was a little awkward. Tom broke it. Huck's got money. Maybe you don't believe it, but he's got lots of it. Oh, you needn't smile. I reckon I can show you. You just wait a minute. Tom ran out of doors. The company looked at each other with perplexed interest and inquiringly at Huck, who was tongue-tied. Sid, what ails Tom? said Aunt Polly. He, well, there ain't ever any making of that boy out. I never, Tom entered, struggling with the weight of his sacks, and Aunt Polly did not finish her sentence. Tom poured the mass of yellow coin upon the table and said, There, what I tell you, half of it hucks and half of it's mine. The spectacle took the general breath away. All gazed. Nobody spoke for a moment. Then there was a unanimous call for an explanation. Tom said he could furnish it, and he did. The tale was long, but brimful of interest. There was scarcely an interruption from anyone to break the charm of its flow. And when he'd finished, Mr. Jones said, I thought I'd fixed up a little surprise for this occasion, but it don't amount to anything now. This one makes it seem mighty small, I'm willing to allow. The money was counted, the sum amounted to a little over $12,000. It was more than anyone present had ever seen at any one time before, though several persons who were worth 
considerably more than that in property. And that's chapter 34. We will wrap up the adventures of Tom Sawyer with chapter 35 on our next stream on Wednesday night. Yeah, that'll be coming up. We'll wrap it up. Mark Twain's The Adventures of Tom Sawyer followed Saturday night by Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Cannot wait. All right, my friends, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Don't forget, if you have a chance, go to your favorite podcast supplier, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7, and look for I'm Not Wearing Pants or Jay Sheldon. Search it out and look for that logo. And just hit follow or subscribe as we are on our way to 1,000 average weekly downloads. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. I will see you again on Wednesday night. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. Yeah.